This is Jeremy Beasley. You're listening to H10, Hanshin Tigers, English News. Bees, we are back with a fresh episode just for you, fellow Hanshin Tigers fan. Welcome to episode 191 on this crispy Tuesday, February the 6th, 2024, here in Nishinomiya, Japan. I'm the founder of H10, T-Ray, and joining me from Hawaii is Sanjay. Aloha, brother. Aloha, brother, T-Ray. How you doing, man? Always good. Always good. You know, uh, entering the season as champs is a new thing for me. But it feels great to start the season on top. Let's see how that goes. Well, man, on today's show, we're actually going to plant a few seeds of doubt into the minds of our listeners, perhaps, or perhaps we'll be knocking them down as we plant them. But today, the topic of the show is why Hanshin is not going to repeat as champs in 2024. Boo! Mm. Terrible topic. Who chose this? Sanjay. Are you ready, though, to give our fans what they are waiting for? Let's bring it on. Let's do it. It's time for the rumors and news. Rumors and news. So, as we said in the intro, today is February the 6th, and today marks the first day of the second kur, as they call it in Japanese. Dainikuru, kana? So... That word comes from the French, which basically means like course, well, course or like set or whatever. So whatever they want to call it. Anyways, they had four days of camp. They took yesterday off and now they're on for another five days or something like, or four days, I guess, six, seven, eight, three days. And then they take Friday off. And then on the weekend, they are going to be having a couple of intra-squad matches, Sunday and Monday. Monday's a national holiday. They get the 15th off. And then the following weekend, they have a game against the Eagles. That'll be their first uh, game against another team. And then they have an intra-squad game, I believe, then as well. They face the Samsung Lions of KBO on the 20th. They take mm -hmm. the 21st off. And then the 23rd, which is a national holiday, they go into Naha against the Giants. 24th is into Urasoi against the Swallows. And 25th is in Chatan against the Dragons. Uh, so those are all quote-unquote road games. Um, guess who's going to be in attendance at all three? Who? Me, 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 me. I'm so excited. Oh, I will be man. down in Okinawa for spring training from the 21st until the 25th or 28th. Not sure yet. I am but. so jealous. Well, next year, join me. Try. And all of y'all can join. Um... I'm actually going with Japan Ball, and they we are doing our first ever, hopefully annual, Okinawa Spring Training Tour. So we're actually not just doing Tiger stuff, but uh, we got tickets for the official um, exhibition games, the Opensen, if you will. And those are the ones that actually have tickets for sale, right? And so we got tickets for all the games. So we're guaranteed to get in. We're guaranteed to have a place to sit. And that's how we're rolling. But before that, in the days prior to that, we're actually going to be checking out other teams' camps as well. So and you don't need tickets for that. Don't need tickets for that. It's free to get in. Um, yeah, you just kind of come and go as you want. You can get really close to the players, so it should be good times. I'm hoping uh, maybe 
on the 26th or 27th or so, I want to go to the Nigun camp because I've never been to the Nigun camp for the Tigers, which just started being down in Okinawa from last year. Yeah, and they have some big names down there too, so the veterans. That's right. That's right. Some of the guys are doing that, especially the pitchers, right? You got Iwazaki and Iwasada and Shimamoto and Kajia down there. Yeah. Should be good. All right. Um, let's talk a little bit about some camp juice here. Um, one of the things, one of the guys down in the Nigun camp, though, is Haruto Takahashi, a name that we haven't heard a ton about in recent, well, years, honestly, because he's had several surgeries. But Sanjay, you obviously remember him. Uh, I think he last played in 2021, and he was electric. He was awesome. And if you look at some of the uh, YouTube from Torabang, um, mm. they show him, uh, actually today, I think, they showed him in, uh, pitching off the mound. Looks a little strange when he's wearing number 129 instead of 29. Mm -hmm. But he looked like his old self. Yeah, and, uh, you know... When they ask Okada about him, he kind of he's kind of sneering and almost giggly at like how much progress Takashi has made. He's like, I'm telling him to take it slow, but well, I guess if he can throw that well, there's no point in stopping him from throwing that well. So um <laughs> he could be down to double digits sometime this season, which is a scary thing for other teams. And it's also a scary thing for any youngster that's trying to get a spot in the rotation because if Haruto comes back strong, look out. He is holding down that spot. Yeah. Speaking of young lefties, um, our second round draft pick from two years ago, from 2022. So he'll be a second year player out of high school, 19 years old. Keito Mombets. He's getting a ton of attention and praise, not only from Okada, but from others as well. And Okada himself actually said he looks like the second coming of Masa Yamamoto. Sanjay, why don't you fill us in on who that is? Well, um, Masai Yamamoto was sort of the uh, iron man of pitchers. I believe he pitched until age 50, no? With, for he the did. Chunichi Dragons. Yep. And uh, has, what, 214 wins, part of the uh, Meikyukai, the uh, Japan, was it the, the players? The Golden, the Golden, Golden Players, players Club. Golden Players Club, that's the one. Yeah, that's yep, what yep. I was looking for. Uh, and he's a stud. And actually, Okada introduced. Um, or pointed Mombets out to Yamamoto himself saying, that's the mm. guy I think is your second coming. Which, uh, and yeah. Yamamoto said, actually, he throws much faster than I do. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And speed isn't everything, but I mean, you know, it sounds like Yamamoto himself is impressed. And I don't know, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we haven't had a young uh, stud starter in years. You look back to Moriki, who could have been. And he's still young. You know, he has that chance. Mm -hmm. He's entering his, what, third year out of high school. I think so, yeah. And he got a couple starts in his first year, but, uh, and they went okay. And then last year he did nothing. He's still, you know, just struggling. And then before that, Junya Nishi, right? Like he showed some promise straight out of high school and still hasn't found his true self, I don't think. So you'd have to go mm -hmm. back to like a psyche, right? Mm -hmm. Someone, But again, he took a while to develop. So he wasn't, you know, second year out of high school, he was not you know, tearing it up. So we'll see what happens. It's, it's really exciting, though, to have that young arm and especially a southpaw. And the thing is, he's he's a big boy. Yeah. I mean, Okada was saying, man, these young kids from out of high school anymore, they're already like fully developed in terms of their, their physique. Yeah. And he really, it looks like he's not trying hard and the ball just jumps out of his, his fingertips mm -hmm. and it doesn't lose speed. 
at all from start to finish right so right. really fact, hard has, to hit it has that good zip right at the end just as it comes up to the hitter and so uh Toritani was saying those are the toughest types of pitchers to hit because the speed comes at the end where you feel like you're caught up with it and you get jammed so yeah looking forward to that okay moving on to other young guys or actually let's let's stay with the left-handed pitchers um otake i just read this and it, it sounds like it's nothing major but he actually had a little bit of surgery on his left shoulder and it was not anything but a benign tumor and i don't know what size it was or anything but i think it was just you know they probably just had to cut him up and pull it out and apparently he's going to be hitting the bullpen during february so this shouldn't affect him this season at all well i'm wishing him a speedy recovery full and speedy recovery anyway absolutely yeah uh he did say though otake said uh right now you know i've been just playing catch or whatever and he said like my form doesn't feel quite right so i really have to get my form down uh before i can really hit the bullpens and before i can feel confident about this coming year mm -hmm. so there you go. Um, let's go back to a development player, though, um, because this guy ties in nicely with one of the uh, special limited time coaches that we have. That would be Akahoshi, right? The Red, the Red Star. Star. Yes. Yeah. The all-time team leader in career stolen bases. And our second round development pick this past year, Kane Fukushima, is drawing comparisons to Akahoshi, and apparently he's very fast, and Akahoshi himself is very impressed with this guy's speed. I, I think as well, he said that he's still he's still so rough around the edges, and he's already that good. Just mm -hmm. wait till he gets all the tricks of the trade down. Right, yeah. Well, I heard, I heard something like in one, not in one game, in one tournament, uh, it, was, it was an eight game, they played eight games as a team, and he stole 20 bases. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Oh. Yeah, phenomenal. So looking forward to, obviously he has to get down to double digits and maybe he has to learn to hit a little bit more. I'm not really sure. I would guess that's the reason he's not, uh, he wasn't drafted as a regular player, probably because his hitting needs some work. But uh, man, if he could become the next Akahoshi, um, that really sets us up for kind of, I hate to say this so soon in Chikamoto's career, but the successor to Chikamoto in center field. <laughs> and Chika's still well, 29. Yeah. Well, the fact of the matter is though, I mean like Chikamoto might have three or maybe four more years left in center right true i'm not saying he dethrones chica and then chica is no more i'm just saying he might get moved to left or right yeah yeah okay uh last guy we want to talk about and that would be of course our stud sato right yep. and you threw this in, this one into the notes so i'm gonna let you talk yeah so um the the fact of the matter is that um okada has been a defense first guy all along and um so when he heard that sato had never done a tokushu i guess it's called it a special sort of uh, concentrated session of just fielding practice yeah like during lunchtime or before the regular practice or or whatever just dedicated specifically to almost Feeling. like uh, yep. hassling him and and you know put, putting him through the grinder yeah uh, he'd never done that before yeah well i think it's probably muscle memory in a big way as well but yeah 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 and and the thing is that um for even for hitting the the act of doing a lot of fielding and building up your strength in your lower body is actually only going to help his hitting is what mm -hmm. both okada and actually your friend monsieur yoshida has mm. said in the past too and that fielding practice actually makes your hitting better and so 
it, it'll, you know, be nothing but positive for Sato if he's able to improve his, you know, what, 20 errors record from last year. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and at the same time, improve his hitting. I'm thinking positively in that uh, Oyama in one season, I forget which one, maybe 2019 committed 20 errors at third base as well. And the next season, he was quite good. And so sometimes it takes that wake up call of like, oh, I do have something I really need to work on. So let's get right. to work. Right. And I think the, the excuse that the coaches gave Okada was that um, in the past, he was playing both right field and third base. So he was putting his time practicing. Yep. And because he got called away to the Samurai Japan for some postseason or other, he wasn't he didn't have the time to dedicate to the special fielding sessions at their base. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. No more though. Well, I will also say that a couple of years back I was in Okinawa at the spring training, and this is related to Japan ball. So I actually went to all of the camps. And I remember going to kind of the sub ground or like the mini, the smaller field or whatever for the Giants. Right. And mm-hmm. Okamoto and Sakamoto were standing there at third and short and just taking fielding grounders for like, I don't know how long. I stood there and watched them for like 15 minutes. And I didn't yeah, get you tired. you mentioned that before too. Yeah. I mean, like... So, so that's dedication. Are, yeah. Well-established stars and still saying, look, I got to get these reps in so that I can feel good about um, the season starting and being comfortable at this position, not making any needless mistakes. And so hopefully Teru will uh, get on board with that. And this will be the season that he shines at third base. Here, here. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about our imports that? who have flown in from overseas. Did you hear something? Coming in from around the world, foreign imports. Of course, we know they're at camp. They're all at the top squad camp. And so let's just talk a little bit about what they've been up to or what has been said about them or what they have said. And we'll start with Noisy, who played the bulk of last season in left field. You know, um, there was a lot of doubt heading into last season. This is a natural infielder. I think he had like seven games of outfield experience in the majors. What are we doing? <laughs> and then he like really made that position his own. but. Um, Okada has said going into camp that the position is not his. It's not guaranteed his. Like he still has to win the job. Um, basically, in the outfield, Chikamoto is the only one with pretty much a guaranteed job, right? Which makes sense. You know, yeah, Morista had a good, sense. good first season, but he's a rookie. Um, and Noisy, same thing. He had a decent first season. It wasn't like lights out. But uh, again, you know, he's just entering his second year with the team, and so uh, lighting a possible fire under Noisy. Do you want to start naming names, and I'll I'll fill in some others. All right. Well, um, the one that's getting rave reviews is Noguchi, mm-hmm. who um, has been said to have as much power or the ability to drive the ball farther than anyone on the team, including Sato, which Crazy. is saying something. Uh, and the other one is Maegawa, who, at okay, granted, it's only batting practice, but he took 67 cuts and 27 of them were over the fence. How nuts is that? Even in practice, that's impressive. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And he is, what, 20 or 21 years old? He's still a young guy. He's still a youngster, too. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, he kind of impressed a little bit last season. He kind of came up to the top squad um, right around Interleague. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, kind of petered out a bit. He might have gotten hurt. But yeah, he is definitely in 
the race there for that uh, position. We also have Dan Onoldera, who impressed last year enough and is, I think he's really hungry to get one of those positions. Um, and then also, we can't forget about Kota Inoue, right? Who is the youngster, well, not as young as he used to be. Not as young, yeah. He's, but he's still, he's entering his fifth season with the team out of high school. So he's still just 22, 23 years old, right? He'll turn 23 this year. Um, so those two guys, and then I would guess Kaidi Shimada wouldn't mind getting a bit more playing time as well. So there's enough guys um, with the potential to take one of those spots from either Noisy or Morista, and it's going to be an interesting battle there. All that to say, though, um, we're looking for Noisy to pick things up, and, and the same goes for Mieses. We didn't even mention him yet, but he's kind of in the battle for one of those spots as well, right? That's right. And, you know, the the ongoing conversation has been will he turn into a balancing team because uh, he's got the ability to hit the ball for power he doesn't need to be waiting for the pitch to come deep into the, to the plate for him to uh, send it a long ways and so mm -hmm. Okada has been preaching him to hit the ball in front of the plate right which is what Valentin has started to do uh, and ended up hitting 60 homers so he doesn't yeah he doesn't even need to give it a full swing either I mean probably with 80 90 percent of his you know, power, he could pr still hit it over the wall in left, exactly. especially on the road at some of those parks. Um, so the question mark for him, of course, the biggest one would be fielding, but obviously we can only overlook his fielding ability if he's able to hit the ball with more consistency and with more power. True, true. We'll, we'll see how he does that. Um, not much news on bees, except that, you know, when he left Japan, uh, you had mentioned, I think you put it on the Facebook that he said his goal for next year, meaning 2024 is to lead NPB in innings pitched. An interesting right. stat to strive for, but obviously if you're if you're pitching a lot of innings, it means you're pitching well. Um, anything else you want to add about the Bees? Yeah, so the, there was a news article that, that said that uh, he has the potential to turn into the next Randy Messenger. Oh, I like that. Best road or the path of the best. Mm. Um, because that's what best messenger did as well, right? Started off as a, a sort of a bullpen guy, and then came in, became a starter, and became like the ace of the of the team. Uh, and the the talk was, bees has the potential to repeat that path. He certainly got the right makeup. What a wonderful guy! Yeah. I, I I told you this. I don't think I ever mentioned on here, but I got to um, see him in person a couple times when they were here in Hawaii, and that was really cool. What a what a mm -hmm. fine man. Mm -hmm. So you like we interviewed him last year, but you actually beat me to meeting him in person. So how does that work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well just, done. It was just totally unexpected. You know, I was at the hotel and I didn't even know he was coming. And there he comes walking in with his wife and his his new baby. And I said, Jeremy, remember me? He goes, Yeah, yeah, I remember you. You know, so it was cool. We took awesome. a picture. It was fun. H10 for the win. Love it. Love it. Well, we can't finish this report without talking about the newest import, and that would be Javi Guerra, right? Um, and you've also got some notes on this, so I'm going to let you take over. Well, while Sanjay's working on his audio issues, I will just uh, speak what he said, but uh, we're getting a lot of good info about Guerra. Uh, he's dropped his arm angle from what he used to use when he was in the major, so his control should be improved. He's developed a sweeper. And uh, there are some comparisons, or at least they're saying the upside on Guerra is similar or could be similar to one Robert Suarez, who stayed with our team for two years before he bolted to the majors and is now with the San Diego Padres. 
So I don't mind that. Also, um, Guerra used to be an infielder, um, I think until 2019, then he moved over into pitching. So he's fairly new to the pitching game. But what that means is, what if Sanjay, we pinch hit with him and then use him to close out the next inning? That's the talk. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be amazing. So we'll see how that goes. But we're excited about Guerra being in our bullpen for 2024. So that's the import report. And now it's time to talk about an export. And that would be Juich. 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 Chicken with Fujinami. Juich. Chicken with Fujinami. That said, we don't know what number he's going to be yet with the Mets, do we? You know, I think I saw a picture of him wearing like a 67 or some kind of large spring training time number. Really? I don't okay. know if that was just a mock-up. I don't know if that was just a mock-up um, on, on the internet. Okay, I see. Well, you know, we can report that in more detail next time, but um, I already kind of blew it, although most of you know that he signed with the New York Mets, and it's a one-year deal worth $3.35 million plus the possibility of 850000 more in incentives. So he'll be joining Kodai Senga with the Mets. The good news for him, I suppose, is that, you know, he'll have a Japanese teammate, but also each guy, it seems to me anyways, is going to have his own interpreter. And so Issei Kamada will be going along with Fujinami. And I forgot the name of who Senga has, but Senga's got his own as well. So there will be some, you know, fellow countrymen there for them, you know, not only each other, not just Senga and Fujinami, but their interpreters as well, that they can kind of, you know, uh, exchange make exchange with and stuff like that, right? They're, they'll be able to have some good times. So apparently they are leaving for Florida on the 11th. Nice. Wishing them well, of course. Um, some people saying that's too high a price tag. Some people saying that's a steal for the Mets. I'm hoping that it is a steal and that he ends up with a multi-year deal somewhere in 2025. But add to that that uh, in Japanese yen terms, he's making go oku five hundred million, um, mm. which ain't anything to sneeze at. And it was definitely the right choice for him to choose to go to MLB. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and who knows if he would even be getting a bunch of playing time under Okada? We just don't know. I mean, Okada knows what he likes, and if he doesn't like what Fujinami brings then Fujinami might not be getting much playing time with the Tigers. So yeah, it's worked out well. And uh, yeah, we shall see. Well, Sanjay, let's move into the hot topic, shall we? So I'm going to preface this by saying, everybody, that we are actually going to be coming back to you with uh, a different episode with the opposite theme next time it's going to be why the tigers will repeat in 2024 so don't you worry we're not falling off the bandwagon we are not 100 pessimistic about this team but we want to put up a few of these kind of warning signs for you all so that you don't feel like this is a, a shoe-in that we are going to absolutely win it all in 2024 so I'm going to list off some things that I feel are of concern, and I'm going to let Sanjay maybe reply with something to, uh, what's the word, to rebut my arguments, if you will, and then we'll move on to the next one. Does that sound fair? All right. That sounds fair. Okay. So I've got eight things that um, have me a little bit concerned. And the first one 
is that I feel like we might be overdue for a little bit of a health crisis, if you will. Last season, we really only had two major injuries, if you will. Umeno and Chikamoto. Um, and Chikamoto missed about a dozen games. Umeno missed, what, maybe like 40? He missed the well, whole stretch. Everything, since, everything from from the beginning of August, yeah. Right, August 11th, I think, is when he, when he got beaned. Um, and then Yuasa, but that was kind of a mix of injury and poor performance. But those are the only three guys. And I feel like if one of our major guys, like either the ace of our staff or if one of our star position players goes down for a long stretch, what's going to happen to this team? Well, um, it is a fair question. So I'm going to take off my um, yellow and black colored glasses for a second and, and give you um, your your dues here. Um, injury is sort of a, a, a luck related thing. And we've been avoiding the injury bug, for, you know, compared to probably the average season or to other teams. Hmm. Uh, and it may not always be that way. Having said that, I think we are so deep that we can probably have, uh, we can do without our best pitcher and our best hitter and still be okay. So, okay, we're going we're gonna to bully other teams with some of our backups too, is what you're saying. All right. Yeah. Um, there's a possibility that I'm still a little bit concerned, but this is one that you, know, you can't predict for us or for other teams. So just for example, and I'm, I'm putting on my other hat now too. Like, let's say we lost Oyama for half the season, right? But you never know. Like, maybe the Swallows lose Murakami for half of their season too, right? Right. So, you know, they're both equally likely or unlikely to happen. So we can't really say, therefore, the Tigers won't repeat. It's just a concern I have. It's something that we need to keep in mind when we make predictions. Uh, but I like what you said, that maybe our team is deeper than others. So maybe it's less crucial for us. Like the Swallows minus Murakami are last place, guaranteed. But the Tigers <laughs> minus Oyama are not last place, not even close, right? Exactly. Because we got the well-balanced attack. Okay, let's move on to concern number two. And that is, um, you know, there's certain players on our team that really did unusually well last season. And I fear that there will be some regression in store in 2024. So I'm going to name you uh, six players that I feel may not be able to replicate what they did last year. And you don't have to fight back on each one of them, but you can say what you want to say. I feel like Kinami might not be able to do quite what he did last year. Murakami and Otake, that's asking a bit much to require you know, 22 wins and ERA combined ERA of under two from them. Sakamoto... Wow, he did an amazing job. I feel like he might not be able to do the same in 2024, especially with a heavy workload. Psyche, um, again, coming back off of the TJ from a few years ago, did well, but will he be able to repeat? Will he have a sub-2 ERA? Uh, I don't know. And Ishii, same thing in the bullpen. Yeah, I'm not too sure about that. So I feel like those guys maybe overachieved or had their best season last season. What do you think? I agree that Kinami did far better than anybody expected last year. And I think that uh, even Okada is going to, um, or has been known to say, that he isn't guaranteed a starting position. Um, that Obata is going to be, you know, right on his heels. So if Kinami decides to slack off, he ain't starting. 
that's the message I got. And I think that's the right attitude to have because you don't want them to get complacent. Definitely. And there's definitely, you know, the sophomore slump or sort of if you do have a really good year, then they're going to really study you and try to locate your weaknesses and exploit that. So there, there is a cat and mouse game between you and the other team's scouts and so on as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree that it's it's not as easy to maintain a high level for two years running. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that um, certainly not for, you know, lack of effort or, or um, desire. So Kinami is going to have Obata kind of keeping him honest. Mm-hmm. Murakami, I think, is going to be fine. And I say this because he himself said that he's not going to try and, and fix what ain't broke. He's going to have the same attitude, the same way to pitch, the same. He's not going to try to get too cute, is what he said. And that was exactly what some of the uh, other uh, pundits were saying as well. It's like, you know, the the... the the temptation is to try and tweak things to get even better. But when you've had a year like he's had, mm. don't. Don't do thing. And I think that that's going to happen. See, but I'm not the, as sure about... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's the cat and mouse game, though, that you were saying, right? I mean, like other teams are going to be uh, really hot on his heels, if you will. They're going to be paying attention to everything he did to have that much success. And they're going to do everything they can to make sure that they can... Uh, you know, make sure that he doesn't replicate his success using the same methods, the same pitches, the same approach. Yeah, but he's unhittable. That's the thing. His <laughs> okay. stuff is so good. Okay. Um, let's move I'm on. Less, to- I'm oh. less good. Uh, I'm less, uh, you know, confident about Otake repeating a 12 and 2 or whatever his ridiculous right. record was. Yeah. Uh, that I think is going to regress to the mean. But yeah. between Psyche and Ishii and all those bullpen guys, we got enough of a bullpen. We're going to be fine. All right. Yeah. I mean, we definitely like with, with the starting pitchers, you know, you could make the case that Murakami and Otake simply did what Aoyagi and Nishi did in 2022, right? Sure. Picked up their workload. Yeah. And so even if those two don't step up, I think, like you said, there are guys that could step in and maybe not have a full season of the quality of Murakami or Otake, but pieced together with the rest of the rotation. You know what I mean? Like Beasley coming in and having a messenger type year, even if it's not prime messenger, if it's good messenger, right? That's one. Shimomura, our rookie first round pick, you know, they're saying he's got a good shot of the rotation. Um, And then even Aoyagi coming back and having a proper season because last year was not, that's not the beginning of the end for Aoyagi, I don't think. I agree. Right? So that was actually his career worst. Yeah. If you look at his numbers, that was his worst season. So anyhow, all those things. Okay. My point number three is that this team had a very short off season, right? We played right until November 6th, 5th, 6th, around then. Mm-hmm. Uh, 5th. And the off season was short because the team was basically very busy. There were a lot of TV appearances. There was the Yusho Parade. There was the Yusho Ryoko, right? The trip to Hawaii. All these things that were they able to fully refresh and reset this offseason? I'm concerned about that. The hangover. Yeah, that that is a legit legitimate concern. And like you say, with all their obligations outside of baseball, well, outside of practicing and get getting their bodies right, yeah, um, you wonder about an, a hangover effect. 
Right. And that ties into my next point as well, uh, which uh, somewhat anyways, um, motivation to win the championship. Obviously, every player has said, and everyone in the media and every coach has said, lempa, 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 right? They want to do the back-to-back. I get that. But, you know, it's, it's the idea that they accomplished this mission that they had as a team. It was 18 or 38 years in the making for the team to win again right? Whether it's the pennant or the Nipponichi. So coming off of that, right? You got to reset. You got to get back to those basics and get hungry again. And can they? Will they? Are they? Is my question, my concern. Well, um, to your point, to take the counter argument there, uh, it's been 38 years since they were Nipponichi, but they've never, ever done Denpa in the Tuli era. So this is this is this should be even more motivation, not less. Because if they miss this chance, then it's got to be two years before they can do Nempa again. Because they got to win not just one, but two in a row. Right. So it's now or never. Basically, yeah, and that kind of is my next point that back to back champs for the Tigers, back to back championships has never happened, and we're even talking just Central League champs. We're not even talking like the Nippon Ichi, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking back, and it is interesting that the trend in the um, Central League, we're going back to 2010, maybe even earlier, back-to-backs are happening. Chunichi, I think, won in 10 and 11. Right? The Giants won in 12, 13, 14. The only blip was the Swallows in 2015, and that was such a weird year because nobody was very good, and the Swallows just happened to finish on top. And then 16 through 18 was the Carp, 19 and 20 was the Giants, 21 and 22 was the Swallows. and so. You know, only once in the past decade and a half has there not been Olympa. So that's pressure for our team. But I think that, you know, some signs point to us maybe doing that. But I've got some more concerns. I've got three, maybe four more concerns. So hear me out here. Hear me out. Um, The next one is that, you know, if you look back, we go all the way back to 1985 even. You know, the team did not really bolster its roster, its lineup after the 85 season and the results were disastrous. And I kind of feel like the team didn't really go out and acquire anybody this off season. They got Javi Guerra and they got the draft, the draftees and that's it. Right. So not a whole lot of bolstering. We lost Kyle Keller, Colton Brewer and Kosuke Baba. Right. Um, all three of those guys contributed with really good ERAs out of the bullpen. They weren't, they didn't play the full season. None of them did. But if you combine their numbers, those are big pieces that we're missing out on. And I don't think Javi Guerra covers all of that. Javi Guerra alone won't cover all that. No. But the rest of the bullpen combined will cover all that. And then some. Don't you worry. <laughs> this team has and had I'll a really good bullpen for years. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you what, the um your comparison to 85 and you know the disastrous well 86 and 87 when they were in the cellar and so on, that's different from now. And I say that because there were a bunch of old players on that 85 team. Uh-huh. And this team in 23 was a bunch of youngsters, and they haven't even we we talked about this before. They they most of them didn't even have their career years yet. Right. Um, they can do better. So we didn't go and replace them because we didn't need to replace them. And the ones that we do have are gonna are expected to do better. And I'm okay with that. I'm waiting for that. I'm hoping that's gonna happen. And we'll talk in more detail about that next 
show when we talk about why the Tigers will repeat. Okay, two more, maybe three. Um, we're not going to go 18-6-1 against the Giants this year as we did last year. In fact, it may never, ever happen again. So I feel like the Giants are going to be coming after us pretty hard. And on that note, let me just add this in so that um, it rounds out my point better. Every team is going to be coming at us harder because we are the champs this year. Or we're the yep. defending champs, I should say. Um, so I feel like teams are going to adjust their rotations a little bit more so that their better pitchers are coming up against our team. And I think guys are just going to be gearing up to beat us more this year than they were last year. Thoughts on that? That I think you are spot on. And I'm not even going to try and refute it because that's the way it is in, in pro ball or in everything, actually. Um, and you're, you're right. I don't think you know, even Okada said 18-6-1 was way too good. Dekisugi yeah. is what he said. Uh, he doesn't expect to do that next year. Uh, and if he doesn't expect it, I'm not going to expect it either. Right. The one thing I will say is uh, it may come down to how much this team can play with some swagger as defending mm -hmm. champs. You know, like mm -hmm. if you can not demoralize, but certainly like have the other team coming in feeling a little bit nervous or a little bit shaken or with not much confidence, mm -hmm. then them bringing their best players or their best pitchers is going to have less of an effect. If they're already partly defeated before they come. Well, that's where we as fans can do our part and make sure that we're in the stands, put, you know, shouting our brains out root for our team because, man, as you know, it makes a difference. It does. Yep, absolutely. I mean, every player will tell you, every last one of them will say the fans are the extra player. They put us over the top. So let's do it, Hanshin Tigers fans. Okay, last one I've got for you. Uh, is this. Last season, we had a 10-game winning streak and we had an 11-game winning streak. That 11-gamer was our first in 42 years, I believe. Um, and we, I think we also had a 9-game win streak and a 7-game win streak or an 8-game win streak in there as well. Like We had crazy long win streaks and we had very few losing streaks last year. I just don't know that we can string together that many streaks in 2024 again. Well, I have to agree that, you know, we may or may not see another 11 games win streak in the next few years, even because mm -hmm. they're kind of not easy to do. The, the key is to prevent losing streaks, which we and did last as long year. as we're doing that. Sorry, which we did last year. Very we did last year. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so that's and I think Okada knows that and he's he's going to steer the ship well. And I like our chances. You know, the key, the key to preventing losing streaks, I believe, in baseball, obviously, you can't win without scoring runs, but the same is true for the other team. And the fact that our pitching staff is what it is, like, we, we don't have that shaky back end of the rotation where three straight starters are going to, you know, lay an egg. Mm -hmm. They're going to lay golden eggs, if anything, right? And so, <laughs> so you got, like, any part of our rotation, like, it almost doesn't matter which three starters we trot out against any given team for them to be able to beat us three straight. It's going to take, I don't want to say a miracle, but I mean, it's going to be something special if they do for them. And yeah. it's going to, it's going to make headlines across all the baseball world. You know, somebody swept the tigers, you know, that type of thing. So I don't see it happening very often or maybe not at all. Here, here. So those are some of my objections or concerns. And again, 
I will reiterate, this does not mean I don't think the Tigers are going to repeat in 2024. It just means that I'm not without concerns. You are free to give me your predictions for the 2024 season. Um, probably the next episode or the one after, we are going to introduce, of course, the annual H10 Central League Standings Prediction Contest. So be on the lookout for that. Start to think about what you think is going to happen in 2024 and how far ahead the Tigers are going to finish in first place. Haha. Let, let me add this little tidbit because oh. uh, it was in the news the last couple of days. Um, is that uh, Toritani, who's going to be a special assistant, one of those special limited time co coaches uh, at camp, said that with the caveat that Morishita actually plays a full season and has the kind of numbers that he put up last year, he gives the Tigers a 75% chance of doing the Rempa, Arempa. And Akahoshi, went even further and said he's giving the Tigers a 92% chance of Rempa. Now, that means that Toritani thinks there's a 1 in 4 chance that the Tigers don't, uh -huh. and Akos thinks there's an 8% chance, 8 out of 100, that they don't. So, you know, you're right to be not so cocky and sure that we're going to take it all. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see what all of the quote-unquote experts say and do when it comes to predicting the central league standings but as we all know these predictions are a crapshoot and very seldom does anybody run the board you'd think it would happen more often it's only six teams but it's really hard to get just right so again i'll be putting that out to everybody real soon we will announce the contest we'll put the details on the h10 page and we expect to get a bunch of predictions from you our awesome listeners Well, that's a wrap for another episode of H10. Thank you for tuning in. If you haven't gotten your fill of us, we are out there on the net in all the places we've always been at. And actually, we haven't started any new ones. So Patreon, the website, X, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. For now, we'll see if we get anywhere else. I've also got a column on daily sports. And also, I guess one more kind of plug. Um, I write the weekly newsletter for Japan Ball. And we basically have a mailing list where you can sign up. There's... I mean, the only thing that happens is that you get once a week an email in your inbox that puts you up to date, brings you up to date on all of NPB. And uh, you just get to hear a little bit more from your good friend T-Ray. So if you want to sign up for that, go to Japan Ball and find the spot to do so. I'll put the details in the show notes just to make it easier. All right. Thank you to Infraction for the theme music and thank you to Show for mixing the pod for us. And thank you, as always, to Sanjay for joining me and talking tigers. I love it. It's so fun. Thanks for having me. As always, it's a blast. Arempa ya de, arempa. Arempa.